we get pushed into arenas in our life that causes an uncomfortable state of mind and even soul. And it's what we choose to do with that, for lack of better words, that unstable moment in our life. It's what we choose to do with it that will that will either minister and change our life forever or will hinder us forever. It rips my heart out. To watch people run away from what God wants to do in their life based on their tradition, their teaching, their understanding. And this is why I'm so dogmatic a lot of times. How dare we to ever think we control Him? How dare we Stand with a posture of arrogance in the face of God Almighty and direct what He wants to do. And I say this with love, but I say this with compassion. If God walks into your life You best fall on your face. Amen. I'm not saying that you have to get in the carpet. But you better recognize your stance. Because he holds your very breath. He has marked the hairs on your head. How dare we, as an arrogant flicker, Of God's creation. How dare we. Ever say. That's not God. Because of how we. Entertain our influence of. Of past years. Or past teachings. Most cases, when we become uncomfortable with how God moves in our life, it is God. We, sometimes we have this thing about us that we can say, well, that's not, I'm not sure that's God. You better be careful because you're basing that off of what you've seen in the past, what you've heard, how you've been taught, how you've experienced God up to this point. Can I tell you, God is so magnificent 
and so broadly him in his ways, we'll never catch up to who he really is. The moment that you think you've got him, you will walk around his throne and he will show you another glimpse of his glory and it will cause you to be like the angels that were created to surround his thrones and sing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Holy, holy, holy. Do y'all know heaven's probably going to be a little louder than what you've... What are you going to do then? You're going to leave then too? I get angry because how I watch the enemy distort the minds and the hearts of people. One day, one day. And that one day will probably be the day that we meet in glory. It will probably be that day that we'll understand what church is to be. Some of you came with preconceived ideas of how church must go and the order of said church. I'm not scolding you, but I am giving you forewarning. Don't ever stand up in the face of grace and tell him how you will worship. It's going to come a day, Joe, where he's going to look at us and he's going to tell us how to worship. It's going to be a scary time. I was listening to a guy. I don't know if you've got us live or not. Okay, fine. I don't care. I really don't. There was a guy that I was watching a testimony on. And he was talking about Judgment Day. And how he was, he'd gotten caught up in some stuff. And it's it's on YouTube. And I, I don't know if I could ever find it again. But... It was, it was on YouTube and he, he had been on YouTube that evening and he was watching things on how God had intervened in the lives of other people and how God had shown himself in various ways to other people. And he actually got bold enough to go and pray, God, give me an outer body experience. Take me to that place. He said, and I really wasn't praying expecting that God was going to do that. He said, I was just praying. I just. And God done it. Amen. And God took him into a, a vision. It's what we would say in Christianese, a closed vision. It would be in your dreams. And, you know, but um, he took him to a vision. And he said, there were thousands and thousands of people in front of him. And he said, when I got there, it was just. He said, I can't really explain it. It was just. It was like just pulses of bright white light as he was on his way. And when he got there, the sky, he said everything was just so blue. And you could see for eons, 
And he said it was just it was just crazy. He noticed some seeds in his heart or in the center of his chest. He said they were seeds. And everybody had seeds. And while he was standing in line and the people were in front of him, God he he heard God say, Depart from me. And he said it was like Ah He said God would call them out of his presence and they would vanish so quickly that their screams were late. And he was talking to people. And telling them, depart from me. He said, I became fearful. And it was my turn and he called me. And I stood in front of him. And he began to tell me all these things in my life. And he said, and it was as if everything he spoke come to life. And I went, boy, ain't that, ain't that God? If he speaks it, it is. That's right. That's right. But that, I mean, I'm sitting here, listen, I got engrossed in this guy. And I'm going, dude. But he was telling him about, you know, this that happened in his life and that had happened in his life. And it was just like a boom. It was like real. He could see it. So it wasn't just God's words. It was the actual. He, he put it like this. He said that his life witnessed to what God said. It was as if life stood beside him and said, oh, yeah, you remember that. Remember? And he said, and God looked at him. And he said, why didn't you forgive that one woman? And he said, he said her name. And he said, I won't say her name. But he said, why didn't you forgive? I did. No, you didn't. Because if you did, why is it every time that you would get on the phone, you would talk as if everything had happened all over again? You hadn't forgiven He said, that seed, that's what that represents. God's telling us that we're we're walking with seeds of sin. And he told him something about he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna do something. I, I, I could not, I couldn't piece the phrase because how he said it, I just I couldn't catch up to what he said. And I, I replayed it three or four different times. I just I couldn't catch it. But he said something about you, you you don't you don't get you don't get a well done, but you get a something. I don't forget what it. And he said, and all of a sudden he said the heavens peeled back, and he said they they opened so gracefully. He said it was so peaceful, it's so calm, and he said all the colors were as vibrant as you. He said, I, I can't express to you how I was feeling. And he said, I got to go with him. And he said, and I put my hand through this little portal. And he said, as I put it in, my hand began, it became larger. And he said, and the more that I put in, the bigger I became. He said, it was almost, it was almost, it was almost, it was like, I was being matured. 
And he said, and I got all the way through this portal except one part of my leg. And then I woke up. (laughs) That's kind of what I did. I wanted to reach in there and slap him. But he was giving him a glimpse of the day of judgment. I just want you to understand something. See, we don't, we don't really under, the way he described that shook me. Because he said, when God said, depart from me, they left his presence so quick that before they realized it, they were already gone. And then they screamed. Stop walking as if you've got the next five seconds. Are you listening this morning? We are not guaranteed the next breath, but yet we are so arrogant in how we live our lives. It's not even part of the notes. This has nothing to do with the sermon. But you need this right now. Because many of us were so focused, me included, we're so focused on everything else that is transpiring in our life and our goals and our dreams and our ambitions and our relationships and our church and our work and our this and our that that we have forgotten that God carries it all in His hand. And when you leave, all of it stays behind. There is nothing There was nothing worth your 15 minutes of worry yesterday that means more to you than being in the presence of God Himself. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get it twisted. God is the only thing that will ever be the same and consistent in all of your life. There will be nothing that will hold you fast other than God's presence alone. Everything else, all is but a vapor. And it leaps. And there you'll stand. I mean, it's that one saying, there I was, standing, holding the bag. I don't want to ever see you be before God with a twisted mind. I want you to understand that no matter what I preach, no matter what I teach, no matter what you do or I do, no matter any of that, at the end of the day, you will have to answer on the relationship between you and the Father alone. You better take this to heart. We've got all these misdiagnoses going on around the world and, and, and we are, we're falling right into the trap of it. And we're medicating the side effects of the root cause of our problem and we're calling it fixed. We're calling it medication. We're ca- Amen. 
You know, hypertension ain't hypertension. Your ADHD ain't ADHD. Your cancer ain't cancer. These are all the side effects of sin. I'm not saying go home and stop taking it. Pastor said, no, I didn't. If you need medication to smile, please take it. It helps me. We don't have tomorrow. Right now is all you've got. Is your heart ready? Right now is all you have. We don't go to judgment day with an altar call. There isn't no, oh, please, God, I'm sorry. See, we've got it twisted, man. We Maybe I'm telling you this because I love grace so much. I don't want you to get affixed to the idea that no matter what you do, God's covered it. Although he did, but I tell you all the time, don't spit in the face of grace. Be careful. The last bit of grace that you used yesterday may be the last grace that he's afforded you. So with all that lively opening, are you ready? Yeah. No, don't, would y'all please just look at the one beside you and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It, it'll turn out better. Just give him some time. I've, I've, got, I've got an assignment this morning. I don't think I have a sermon. Um, so I am wanting... Man, if, if I could, and you probably wouldn't want this, but if I could walk out your life, I would. But you don't want me walking out your life, trust me. Trust me, i got problems of my own. Right? Mine might be worse than what you're walking in, so don't ever look and say, man, if I just had there, you don't know their life. The view of the exterior of a house can be deceiving. So if you've got your Bibles, well, let me let me open this way. I wonder how many of us have been in a place that has pressed us on every side. You ever been there? You, you, ever, you ever experienced moments where it appears that there's no one there to help you through it? You, your, your desire and your hope is that someone would go with you. And go through it with you and be there for you and hold your hand and comfort you. And But yet you find yourself in that place where it's just you. It's a little stressing, isn't it? You ever been there? Have you ever really stressed about some things or areas that you've gone through in your life? I mean, to a point to where, buddy, it's it's stress. It's not just a, 
Oh man, I hope this passes by. So what's for lunch? <laughs> Maybe not so much from what life is putting on us. But maybe it's the decisions that we have to make to move either forward or backwards in life. Maybe it's just the decisions. Have you ever had a decision that was pressed on you so hard that it felt as though the world was caving in on you? It's a decision, man. I mean, it's it's a tough decision. It's a hard decision. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm talking I'm not talking you whether you women, whether you buy this purse or that purse. That's not the type of decisions. Not not what what's going to be for dinner. I'm talking about life decisions. Hard decisions. You know, we, we find ourselves even, we inquire of other people. We, we, even, we even go and, and try to grab other people and bring them into our twisted little lives and hope that they bring some insight that we may not have carried into the circumstance. And, and there they are to help us out. They're, they're going to give us that one glorious word that's going to cause all the madness to go away. And oh man, I didn't see it that way and that's got to be the answer and boom, it's done. And you look for that person and lo and behold, that person even walks away on you in the midst. Maybe not not to hurt you, but just... Maybe they, they had to go grocery shopping. They just couldn't... They can't sit on your front porch and sulk in your insanity for days and weeks. They've got a life of their own. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've either experienced or you're experiencing. And if neither of those have happened, just keep living. Because there's going to come a day in your life that a decision is going to have to be made. It's not the decision that you're thinking of. I'm going much, much deeper than that. There's going to come a day when there has got to be a decision made. And you alone will have to make it. Matthew chapter 26 starting at verse 36. Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 36. Then Jesus, I, I, loved, I loved how this thing opened. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to sorrowful and, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul, now this is Jesus talking, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful 
even to death. He's saying right now that I am so pressed. I am so stressed. I am so full of all kinds of stuff in my life. I could just die. Stay here and watch with me. Would you just, I'm not asking you to get up in the middle of the mud with me, but if you don't mind, just sit there on the bank and watch as I go through. He went a little farther and he fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, I wonder if there's anybody, have you ever gone to your friend and say, well, I thought you were going <laughs> to. He said, what? What? What the what? I thought. Could you not even watch with me for one hour? Could you not find enough strength inside of you to fight with me just just for a day? I was just hoping you would come over and, and have a cup of coffee so that I could have somebody to lean into for a moment. Could you not just Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. God, I need clarity in my mind right now. Keep things from my head. And he came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he, he left them, he went away again, and he prayed the third time, saying the same words. Have you ever gone to God praying? It almost seemed, God, it's me again, and yep, it's the same thing. Here was Jesus. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping? And resting. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. You know, I wondered this morning how many of us have found ourselves in this place, in this Gethsemane of so much stress and so much anxiety and so much unwavering and so much uh, so much fighting with ourselves. Have you ever wanted to, but just not really? Every time I sit down, y'all just lay down. So I'm going to stand up. At least I'll get you to sit up. 
Have you ever gotten into a battle with yourself and you was, I want to, but no, not really. Here we come. I'm coming. Here we come. I want to lose weight, but no, not really. I don't, I want to lose weight, but no, not really. Hey, don't get sidetracked. Well, she shouldn't bring them. She just, your friend just wrote. I don't want you to get sidetracked. This is, we're talking Jesus. In a place, Gethsemane was, it was a place where the, where the olive was pressed. This is what Gethsemane really means. It's, it's the place where the olive is pressed. See, I never really understood. God, I always tied God going and, 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 or Jesus going and praying three times and I, and I took that and I would, I would parallel that in some sort of fashion with, with Paul praying three times, take this thorn from me and I would parallel. But what I didn't really understand was that the olive, when it's pressed in Israel, when they press the olive, the olive is pressed three times. And with each time that the olive is pressed, more pressure is put on that olive. And here Jesus is, a representation of us. Sitting in a place where he's being pressed on all sides. And every time that he would leave and come back, it was that much harder. The, they, somebody tightened the wheel down and it come, and it's rolling back over us again. This is why I've got an answer for y'all this morning. When you go, does it ever stop? No, it doesn't stop. It just comes again and it comes with a more weight. <laughs> Count it all joy. I just don't understand how some of these people can write this stuff in this Bible and think it's okay. That's not okay. Count it all joy. I got to come back and the pressures. And here's Jesus in the garden. After the first pressing, he comes out and they're his, they're his three heroes. They right there. Sleeping, but they there. They're only there because he brought them that far. But they're sleeping on him. And he goes back and he he says, God, is there any... Is there any... Jesus was negotiating. I would like to say that he was negotiating with God. But then I had to back up. Okay, some some people would preach this as this was a place that we got a, a a slight glimpse of God's humanity. But I would like to say that this is where Jesus went through some stuff like you and I. And it wasn't really that he was negotiating with God. He was negotiating with himself. Because if you've seen the first words... See, I used to read this and I always thought that... 
Jesus waited till the third time that he prayed and said, Father, not my will, but your will. But that's not the case. Read the Bible. It was the first prayer in. Come on, follow me. So it wasn't the fact that he was negotiating that God would let this thing pass from him. He was negotiating the fact that his flesh would line up with his... I ain't much on chills, but I just got them. He said it the first time in. Father, not not my will. I don't want this to happen. And if there's any way this cup can be passed from me, let it be, but not my will, but your will be done. The negotiation and the surrender was already let out. Come up in Sunday school. We will have Sunday school this morning. Can I teach? He wasn't negotiating with God. He was negotiating whether or not he, whether or not he could do it. He already surrendered to God. The problem was the surrender to his own. It was the fight between him and him. I want to, but no, not really. But God, let your will be done here while I'm going through this process of pressing. Whoo! Let let what I've surrendered to you, Father, come about. Let it prove it. This is the a place of proving. This is a place of proving when we're set aside in our Gethsemane and we've got the world surrounding us and everything in life is pressing down. And this is the second time the will comes about. And then this is the third time that the will comes about. And it's not that we're going to negotiate God. God, take it from me. Take it from me. Take it. It is the act. It's actually the fact of whether or not you're willing to accept the will of God in your life. It's not whether or not I believe or I trust or any of that. It it ain't got nothing to do with that because I've surrendered to God. I've given Him my life. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm living the best life that I possibly can live because sometimes, let's face it, I've got a flesh too. Shocker. Here's Jesus negotiating with himself, trying to overcome. Let me tell you what happens in Gethsemane. And this is a place, listen, this is a place where we all will have to pass through in our life. We all have to make a decision in our lives. Whether we will be true to our spirit or be true to our flesh. We all are going to walk through our own Gethsemanes. It's going to happen. This is, a, this is a place of burden. A place of burden and a place of stress. And we all are going to walk through these things. 
This is a place where we find our humility. Have you ever had to just bow to humility? See, the Bible, the Bible puts it like this. If a man will humble himself, then God will raise him up. But if a man raises himself up, God will humble him. This is a place of finding our humility. A place where we find our heart's intention. Do you really want to? Lose weight. <laughs> After all, see, you can eat whatever you want to eat. We can go out to dinner and you can eat whatever you want. But you can't make me eat what you eat. But if I want the same result that you get, maybe I ought to copy. But I'm not going to. It's a place where we experience our weaknesses and our strengths. This is a place where you find out where you are strong, big boy. Oh, you got it together that good? Watch this. You that strong? Watch this. But the good part about it is you are rec- you're able to recognize your weaknesses as well. This is what calls, and this is all intermingles, this is what causes us to find our humility. We find our humility in our weaknesses. But what we also find there too is in our weaknesses we find his strength. So we've got to be able to recognize and see what we can handle and what we can't handle. You with me? I'm not losing you, am I? I'm going to sleep. It's a place of separation. See, it, 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 it's a place we cut away our flesh from our spirit. It's a, it's a place where we have to make a defining moment in our life. I'm going to either follow God 100% or I'm only going to follow God 50%. And my friend, if you're following God 50%, the Bible says that you're an enemy of God. That you are either for Him or you are against Him. There is no lukewarm. He said that He will vomit you from His mouth. We have to make a decision and it's in the places of our Gethsemane that where God will call us to and that where God will sometimes lead us into so that we can make the defining moment we are either for him or we are against him you cannot serve more than one God you're going to serve one or the other you can't serve both he said that there's no way there is no gray area there is no fence riding you've got to make a decision Decision, and it's in these places if you will just calm your anxiety if you will just close off the other people the other voices in your mind and get alone with God and not negotiate Him but begin to recognize that you need to negotiate with you and you alone will I follow my flesh or will I follow my spirit you've got to realize what it is that you've got to separate from Teach that thing, Holy Spirit. He told the disciples that your spirit's willing. 
your flesh is weak. How do we strengthen our faith? How do we strengthen our flesh? We strengthen our flesh through our faith. And it comes by way of fasting. If you don't beat your submission or beat your flesh into submission, I'm going to promise you it will overtake you because your flesh is full of sin. You were born into sin. Get over it. You're sinful. And without the presence of God, you are sinful. At your best day, you're called a filthy rag. Your righteousness holds no candle to God. All right, let's move on. This place of separation. This is a a place where we find ourselves by ourselves. Have you ever been in the spiritual battle where it's just you? It seems like everything that's being talked about or everything that's going on just doesn't line up. See, God's trying to get some of y'all in here this morning. He's trying to put you in a place of Gethsemane. He's trying to get you to walk into your Gethsemane. But you're so tied up in hearing what others want to feed you. If you notice, Jesus even left the three strongest ones he had and said, I'll go a little further. Got to, sometimes, sometimes the voice of reason doesn't come through Joe. Boy, everybody got tight. They look like I'm picking. Like, like I just pulled you. And I put you both under a big spotlight and everything else was dark. It's just the way I've just envisioned these things. And everybody's going, ooh, what happened? So Joe's going to get these 101 questions after church. Don't worry about it. Just look at them and say, it's none of your business. Say, Jesus is still working on me. Let him work on you. Hurt their feelings. Separate yourself. (laughs) It's a place where we find ourselves standing alone. We don't have a voice of reason of friends and family. Sometimes it's good to have that. Other times it's a good time to give them the anointing of shut up. Now, don't be, don't, don't, okay, I'm coming. Here I come. Don't you be trying to wipe that anointing off on somebody when yet you still have life to experience. Some of these young ones thinking they know it all. No, I don't. Thinking you, thinking you got it all together. I'm thinking you got it together. Thinking daddy don't know nothing. He don't even understand. Mm -hmm. He'll figure it out. Man, I just made him mad. Boy, isn't it amazing? Never mind. I'm sure there's some stuff. So It's a place of surrender. It's a place where we will no longer focus on our own life, but focus on the purpose of God and the kingdom in our life. Are we willing to have people look at us kind of weird? Yeah. 
Are we willing to go, okay, I get it. So I no longer am going to be this person. I'm no longer, boy, I've just made them mad back here. I've had that thing on the desk, and I've been running around, and Eli's been falling asleep at the helm. And one time I'm over here, and Eli's over there, and I'm back over here. I just seen it. I got it in my pocket now. If you want to try to get a hold to the camera, maybe the camera will help you out. Do you want me to turn it on? We lie, but it doesn't matter. They can't fire me. <laughs> wow. Get back on track. It's a, place, it's a place where our will is no longer the focal point of our life. It's a place where we truly make a decision. We, we have that defining moment in our life that now it's no longer about what, what I'm wanting or what I'm desiring or what I feel is right or what it has nothing to do with that anymore. It's, it's pretty much, it's almost a lay down at that point. You, you just get to the point where you say, okay, God, I'm done. See, some of them, some of them got happy. They said, Oh, good man. I'm glad when I ain't got to do nothing. That ain't what I said. Instead of you fighting so much to get your way, why don't you fight for him to have his way? Why don't you break your flesh down for a moment? Quit trying to get God to bend in your ideologies. Quit trying to fit him in your weekend. Uh Uh-oh. 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 Well, I guess I can go on Sunday. No offense to those that had to leave because of work and things of that nature. But I'm going to try to fit you in. But I've got an appointment. That wasn't me. God is tired of fitting into your little box. The last one that tried to make him fit in the box died. Y'all remember the story? Reached up to save the box from falling and he touched it and God took him out of here. Take that for what that's worth. Can I tell you this morning?
that in all, all that I see in this passage, one of the most important things I see was that there was a grace that stood with Jesus in his Gethsemane. Because it empowered him to cut away. See, you've got to understand something. He, he prayed three times to God. He was fighting his flesh three times. Really? Now? Check this out. The three times that he was praying, he's submitting his soul, his mind, his will, and his emotions. Because a lot of us are driven. And when he got done, the Bible tells you, he said, All right, boys, it's time to get up. We got to go. See, my betrayer is it. He had made his final decision. See, boy, y'all hate me when I preach like this, don't you? Because y'all, y'all be thinking, well, I've always been taught. I don't care. <laughs> right. I don't care. I'm sitting here looking at the negotiations happening. Now, if it would have been the third time that he said, Father, not my will, but your will, I would agree with your theology. But I'm telling you now that you've been riding broken theology and he's tired. Put him away. <laughs> I can't pour new wine into old wine skin. Neither can he. I'm trying to expand you. I'm trying to grow you. It was the grace imparted that would enable Jesus to move through the obstacles of self and walk into a place of surrender. How many obstacles have you been fighting How many obstacles are you still fighting? Although crying out to have this cup of crucifixion to be removed and all this desiring that the cup of separation would pass by and the hopes of forgiveness to be brought about another way. See, all of these things was taking place at this moment. He was talking about this cup. What cup? There were three cups that he that he persisted on talking about these three cups. And I believe that one cup was a cup of death. That he didn't want to die. Would you? For an ungrateful world? He was was crying out that this cup of separation be... He... Jesus had no idea what it was ever going to feel like to be separated from the presence of God. He was always with God. The Bible said that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. (laughs) 
And he was God. He don't understand what it was to have this separation. But he had to choose within himself that he would be able to tolerate. That he would be able to make it through this separation. Because this separation had to take place so that you and I would never have to be separated from him ever again. God, if there was a way that this cup. And I'm wondering if that was this biggest cup. God, you can kill me. Just don't let me be pulled away from you. There was this this cup of forgiveness that he was going to have to drink. He was going to have to take on yours and my sin. He was going to have to drink the whole cup. Take your dose. Anybody ever here? Just you just hate medicine. Okay, you didn't like castor oil, but you had to take the whole dose. <laughs> Miss Linda, there's some that hasn't experienced. Do you have some at the house? She still got some. Guarantee. I guarantee it's a remedy sometime too. He would have to drink death. So that you and I wouldn't have to fall to it. He spoke these words. But not not my will father. But your will be done. And I believe too that today. That we too have a grace. That can intervene on our behalf. That can help us pass through our own personal Gethsemanes. And surrender our own lives to his will. That we may experience his plans for our lives. And for the purpose Of his kingdom. You have that grace today. Oh you want to. But you don't. Really want to. What you're basically saying is. God I'm willing to do whatever it is. That you want me to do. As long as you do it for me. As long as it doesn't take. Me. Doing something to change something. I'll accept it. But if I've got to give up something of me. I'm not sure. That I want to. And the truth is. Friend. You. You. have to surrender to you. We have to make a decision what's more important. Man, that testimony. It's going to happen that quick.
don't say, I'm going to work on it. I used to have to tell salespeople when I was teaching them, don't tell me you're going to try. When you tell me that you're going to try, you're opening up doors for excuses. You don't try to get up. You don't try to sit down. You stand up and you sit down. You don't try to go to bed. You go to bed. You don't try to brush your teeth. You brush your teeth. You don't try to take a shower. You take a shower. You don't. I'm going to try. You and your funky self. Trying to take a shower. You've been trying that for a year. Cologne can only cover up so much. Eventually it sounds like. It smells like flower poop. Your perfume. Eventually you have to. Eventually you got to do this. It, It ain't no trying. It's doing. Which I'll make a tear run out of my eye. (laughs) Listen. You have been awarded the grace to get you through. Don't rely on your excuses to keep from being judged. You will be judged according to the works. I, y'all hate it when I put scripture on it. Man, can't you stay out the Bible 15 minutes? Nope. We got to live by it. Doesn't mean I'm, I'm living by it 100% all the time. Trust me. I, but don't judge me. Because you going through it too. Some of y'all bigger heathens than I am. So I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> by Facebook, by YouTube. Sorry, I dropped you on your head. <laughs>